It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU were presented by Progressive Insurance. Big night last night after, first of all, we thought we were getting ready for the bracing yesterday 4 p.m. trade deadline, and there were some trades that went down, some significant trades. But right before that happened, Steve Nash is fired. We're going to get into that. And, of course, then the Phillies tie a World Series record with five shots last night, five home runs. And there was talk about whether or not Lance McCullers Jr. was tipping his pitches, guys. Good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. What's happening? What's good, baby? Phillies set a record, man. The bats were on fire. Philly, Philly, Philly. All against McCullers. They bring the reliever in. The Phillies were done scoring, but it was too late. Five home runs. Well, maybe they was giving the Astros their own business. Well, look, yeah, right. Well, the Astros say they weren't tipping pitches. I mean, like, why would they, right? And if you tip pitches, the other team's not cheating by by taking the tip, right? That's on you, not the other tipping, team. If you don't know you're tipping, how are you going to know you're tipping? Right, and then the other team's going to take advantage of it. But think about it. If you don't know you tip it. Right, right, then how could you deny it? Right. How could you deny it? Yeah, like, come on. It was mostly because it could be as simple as I touch my cuticle at the wrong time. Yeah, Yeah, but anything looks suspicious, though. It looks suspicious. Well, yeah, but but the point is like if, uh, Keith's no point is like if you don't know you're tipping your pitches oh, and I, you deny your t- but the so it's the denial. So how is you not gonna know about, you're tipping your pitches, the, right, Max? Right. Tipping your pitches just means that you are doing something with your body, your before hand, a certain like pitch, yeah, before a certain pitch. Yeah. So oh, he's gonna throw the curveball because he always grips it this way and he shows or it. Or he's to gonna it. throw his curveball because some his eyelash he pulls it every single time. Who knows what it is? But but the denial of it really is more about Lance McCullers Jr. I think not making excuses, right? Oh, you're tipping your pitches another an excuse he gave up five home runs. And McCullers is like, nah, come on, listen. Here's listen to how this sounds. You tell me if he's really talking about tipping pitches or not. Lance, do you think on, on any level you were maybe tipping your pitches at all? There was a conversation that Parker had before right before a home run. Uh, I think guys have conversations all the time, you know, before at bats and before innings and things like that. So yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and, and, and say anything like that. They I got whoop. End of story. <laughs> right, you got whoop. End of story, man. He's not going to sit there. McCullers Jr. not going to sit there talking about, yeah, I'm tipping my pitches. They beat the but hell out of me. They hit five home runs. But, but again, Max, how would he even know if he's tipping his But pitches? Right, but it would be an excuse, right, Key? Yeah, right? But, yeah. yeah, of course. But yeah. he, he realized that he just got he rocked. Know. And it wasn't nothing he could do. He just got rocked. Got rocked. Isn't that in a loss? You're still having to defend yourself on stuff like that. Right, but it's nothing he's doing. Like, it's not. He's I not, know, but just the, the sheer speculation that people would take it to that point. In a in a beating like that, yeah, well, because they're looking. They're giving him an out. That just that five home runs just doesn't happen. That's why they set right. a record, right? And now all of a sudden you look up and it's happening. He had to be doing something to to the eye of people that are not at the plate, saying, 
well, he's tipping his pitches. And even if Bryce Harper was having a conversation, conversations are had all the time in sports about what someone sees. In basketball, Jay, you sitting over there talking about, well, look, if you just go to the high screen and roll, and then you roll as soon as you get there, right. you know, it's just a conversation. Yeah. Right, if you were doing something, every time a dude posted you up or something like that, if he was doing something that tipped what was about to happen, you would use it on defense, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. In, so, in, in, like in football, like for instance, if you put your right leg up mm-hmm. instead of your left leg up when you're in your stance, and every single time your right leg is up, you running it out, they're going to be like, well, here, his right leg is up, he's running to the out. Of course. So, th- listen, all this is because – uh, Bryce of uh, Bryce Harper's pre at bat conversation with Alec Bohm that McCullers might have been tipping his pitches. Bohm is the is the uh, third baseman for the Phillies. What what did Bryce Harper tell you? Alec, what, what did uh, Harper tell you? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, right. Because uh, duh, you come you come back to the dugout. <laughs> And you know the dude's tipping your pit, his pitches. You're going to tell your teammate, by the way, he's going to the off-speed stuff when he does this. You know, I, I, yeah. This but is why like would a, that? Why is that a problem? It's not, it shouldn't be. Yeah, not a problem why, yeah, at all. Basically, like, the press is trying to hand Lance McCullers an excuse as part of something he did wrong in the competition. And to McCullers' credit, he's not taking the bait. He's like, a, no, I'm not. I'm not making excuses. They kicked my. You know what? It did sound like a Philly. I mean, you know, not a Philly, I'm sorry, an, an Astros reporter. That's kind of what it – the question seemed like it was coming from, like, a an Astros reporter, like a beat writer from the Astros opposed to somebody in Philly. Yeah, the Astros don't need you to tip their pitches. They got surveillance stuff <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, well, not anymore, not anymore. Not anymore. At least they have surveillance stuff everywhere in your bedroom, in your living room. You they knew what you had for breakfast. Uh, so the Phillies are up two games to one. But after they hit five home runs, it sure feels like they're in control of the series, right? Especially they're the team this season that was left for dead in the water when they fired Girardi as their, as their manager. It looked like, oh, this is a really disappointing series for, you know, season for Philadelphia. And then you turn around, you blink, and here they are up 2-1 to one in the World Series. Yeah, they jumped out in game one, too. Yeah. In game one, they jumped out, and then game two obviously got even, and they jumped back out again. And the bats got alive again in, in uh, game three. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in game four. Who's on the mound for them in four? That's a good question. I have you, to check. But, Key, okay. you, know, you know what I want to get into while we look that up? Um, you know, M- Bryce Harper came up with Mike Trout. Remember that? I, I, and, you know, it was so funny you just said that, Max. I swear to you, when we started this segment, I said in my brain, Bryce Harper, M- Mike Trout. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Because I, I swear to you. It's like when you say Jalen Hurts Tua because they're connected in a certain way or like back in the day, uh, Eli and Roethlisberger and Rivers, they came out in the same. Some dudes are connected for they come out at the same time or whatever reason you connect them. And Bry, Bryce Harper was a much more touted prospect. Mike Trout seemingly came out of nowhere. But right before he turned pro, Billy Bean, the Oakland A's GM, said, the best player in baseball is going to be that from day one. He's about to hit the league. No one knew what he was talking about at the time. Turns out he was talking about Mike Trout. So as great as as Harper's been, and he's been a phenom, he's lived up to the billing. Mike Trout has has you know is correctly considered almost every year the best player in baseball. But here's the question: Mike Trout has had very little postseason experience, and when he did, he did not hit a lot. Bryce Harper 
seems to explode when mm. you need it most. And the three guys, as crazy as it may sound, and I've been saying this. Well, I said it this year, guest for Judge. I, I hadn't said Aaron Judge in the past. But the two guys that I've always said that I would rather have in the dugout is Mookie Betts, one, in 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 uh, Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper, two. Bryce big, Harper has great hair, players. too, by the way, Max. He has great hair. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you, you know, and I say and people are like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, Mike Trout's the guy. He's doing this. I said, but it doesn't convert to what I need it to. I need somebody to get me where I, well, it's not all on him. Baseball's just not about one guy. But magically, when these other guys go somewhere, they win. So I, I don't I don't understand how that happens. So and and more than that, to me, he a very small sample for Mike Trout when he had his shot in the postseason. I mean, super small sample. You can't draw too much for it. But when your opportunities are limited, you got to come through, right? He didn't. And Bryce Harper has had more opportunities and has come through. By the way, Christian Javier for Houston, and of course, I don't like. I should have known this. But I remember the Aaron That's Nola why I for asked the Phillies. You. I figured you would know Nola for the Phillies. Yeah, okay. the World Series is on ESPN Radio, presented by AutoZone. Catch all the action tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. That's the Christian Javier and uh, Aaron Nola matchup. Steve Nash, guys, is out in Brooklyn. How much power? Does Kevin Durant still have with this organization, with the Brooklyn Nets? But first, this word from Omega Accounting. Small business owners who want to know the secret to navigating the employee retention credit, trust in Omega Accounting Solutions to help you recover any pack payroll tax overpayments. <laughs> Not tax roll tax. Oh, that wouldn't make any sense. Payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee if you continue to pay employee wages during COVID. All it takes is a quick and easy free 10-minute ERC consultation to find out whether or not you qualify. It's that simple. In fact, the date from onboarding to filing is just 30 days. CPAs, payroll companies, they even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. That's how knowledgeable and efficient they are. And with over 15 years of experience in financial management, business leadership, and corporate strategy combined, you can count on Omega every step of the way to take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit. Or if you have any specific ERC questions, call 800-704-2000 or visit omegataxcredits.com before the filing window closes or funds run out. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, guys, college football playoff rankings out yesterday. Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Tennessee just leapfrog everybody and got to number one. I mean, I guess, key due to the strength of their schedule. So it, it sounds right. It feels like it was right. I mean, we, we kind of expected Tennessee to be number one. Yeah, but the thing is, is Tennessee's defense, their offense, second to none. Nobody could stop them. They're potent. They sprinkle it all over the field. Defensively, I'm a little concerned about them. And I'm puzzling in terms of, look, I, I don't know how they do it or what goes into the mindset. Alabama's defense is struggling a little bit this year. Bryce Young came back against Tennessee hurt and still put on a show. Uh, Hendon Hooker put on an even better show. But they are now at number six, losing to Tennessee, where Clemson is ahead of them. And Alabama will run shop on Clemson and run shop on Michigan, in my opinion. I did my four yesterday on um, – I did my four yesterday on first take, and I had Alabama in the top four, but – Look, I, I guess this is it. fine. Tennessee, Ohio State. We get it. I mean, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan. I, I don't think Michigan is better than Alabama. I mean, the, the way – I mean, Clemson is. Clemson just feels to me like they're one of those teams that they're in there due to their record and them being undefeated. But when we've seen games uh, – Wake Forest, I mean, they have three Syracuse, man. Year. Like a lot of games where they just have looked non-threat – like not as powerful They benched their quarterback to win a game. Yeah, but it is – I do like the fact – like, the thing that bothers me about the playoff expansion eventually is I like it as a double elimination tournament, right, during the regular season, essentially. So you do have to reward the undefeated teams to me. No, the new, yep. the new playoff format going to be fire because a team like TCU, for instance, mm-hmm. that's sitting at seven, we going to find out if they can beat Georgia at three or, or beat Tennessee or, or, or like USC sitting at nine, we're going to find out if they can beat Tennessee. We won't have to sit up and have a debate on who's good. We actually are going to have an opportunity to see it. The debate's half the fun. <laughs> you know, That's of course, part, yeah. the, uh, no, lesser of team course, jump course, up and fight a better team. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but, but it, the debate is fun. But if they never play each other, it's just wasted conversation like you like to have at times. Yeah, by the way, here's the thing. Here's the reality. Of course, it's going to be better when they expand the play. No, no, you're right. It will be better. But I'm the grumpy old man. I'm just used to it another way. I oh, it's going it to be so change. fun when they expand. Think about it. When they expand, Columbia might get in. Wow. <laughs> Columbia. Columbia. <laughs> It's been a long time. You know, the best we ever were is when Marcellus was on the team. He didn't say Duke. Duke he didn't say Duke. Oh, see, Duke right, now now I, we feel like we're involved. Yeah, listen, Duke produces quarterbacks, apparently. Hey, man, one quarterback. That's what we got. <laughs> Not turning out too bad for our G-Men, Max. Keyshawn well, J. Will quarterbacks and Max. Quarterbacks and point. 
Breaking news, Coach Steve Nash and the Nets mutually agreed to part ways. Steve just looks so tired of all the BS. It was constant, and increasingly in the last few days, he was just kind of done with it all. This season really just started to unravel the, the Kyrie Irving situation. This was becoming an inevitability. This was a situation that Steve Nash was not going to be able to navigate. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Steve Nash out as Brooklyn head coach. Now, the way it has been framed is that the decision to part ways was mutual. Maybe it was. Usually when you hear that, the team's like, look, you're out of here. You want to do this, you know, we'll do it nice. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it's parting ways because I'm tired of you and I'm out. You tell him. It doesn't you know, matter how you they know did what? It. I'm out. He's out. That's yeah, the bottom line. Exactly. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Who else? Nash made it uh, to this season, at least to start the season, after KD said, Kevin Durant said, remember Kevin Durant tried to fire everybody? The general manager, the – Coach. Coach. Oh, he gave an ultimatum to the owner, Joe Sy. Yeah. You're right, right. Me or ultimatum, them. Ultimatum, yes. So they start the season with Steve Nash. That did not last very long. Um, Brooklyn's off to a 2-5 and five start. And, and the fact is, whatever the relationship issues or, or the mess or Kyrie Irving, and we're going to get into all that, but Steve Nash has not distinguished himself as a head coach. Let's just be honest about it. He might be a good head coach one day in a different situation, but we have not seen where that is the case so far in his very brief head coaching career. Kevin Durant was asked, was he consulted ahead of time about this? Listen. I mean, a guy of your stature, were you consulted at least beforehand? Even yeah. though you didn't know for a certain degree. No, nah, I mean, you could come on. I mean, I'm a, let's be real. We pros. We, we're veterans. You know, we had a tough start. It was a rocky year last year, rocky summer. Uh, we knew that everybody was being evaluated. That's just how it is in the league, you know. So, uh, you know, I like working with Steve. I like working with the coaching staff. It was a, a roller coaster the last few years, but, you know, the core of it, basketball, is something that we all love to do, you know. So, regardless of who the coach, regardless of, you know, the circumstances, still got to come to work. So, I enjoy coming to work with Steve. You know, the interesting thing about this is, the way that I look at it, Steve Nash was a dead man walking from day one. And the reason I say this is because he's dealing with two main men to come out the gate, right? Kevin Durant as well as Kyrie Irving. And then you, you remember what Kyrie said about, hey, man, we don't really need a coach, blah, blah, blah. That, that right there was the end of Steve Nash, not even what Kevin Durant said this summer. On top of that, Jay, think about it. Steve Kerr took over a team that didn't have made men. A team that was young in Golden State, and he grew with them as a head coach. So he got a real legitimate opportunity to try to be a coach and understand how to coach with a young team where these were made men. You had to hit the ground running immediately with two dudes that one dude that had one cha- two dudes that had one championships and one dude that had won an MVP. So it's kind of like he was dead as out the gate. Steve Nash was done the day Kevin Durant met Josiah in London after he had made the ultimatum where they worked it out. That's the reason why Kevin Durant from that point on decided to come back to the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets because he knew that if Steve Nash didn't get the job done very, very, very early, that it was going to be over. Now, I'm sure they didn't know that they were going to try to go for Emi Udoka. They didn't think he was going to be available, which is a completely different conversation, but – 
what you're seeing is uh, the, the power dynamic of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving still being able to get what they want because Kyrie Irving's on one last year of his deal, and KD, even though he signed a four-year, $194 million extension, he always has the ability to force a trade. So at the end of the day, Steve Nash, after last year, that ultimatum, there was no chance for Steve Nash to continue to coach his team. Not when you can't – you can't look at your best player and hold him accountable when he just gave the owner of the team an ultimatum about your job. So, Jay, here's the question. When we say how much power does Kevin Durant still have in Brooklyn, apparently quite a bit. And if the result of the meeting in London between uh, Nash – Nash – between KD and Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets – if, if what was said at that meeting or the understanding they came to was basically, look, you said this publicly now, so now I can't fire the, G, the GM and the coach. Mm-hmm. But this is what I will tell you, I imagine. Uh, if, if, if it's a problem early on, we'll bounce them early. If that's the case, then KD still has power in the franchise. Here's the question. How much sway does Kyrie still hold on KD? Because Kyrie is incredibly talented – Maybe the most skillful player ever, but it's one thing after another, controversy, problem, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there seems to be a pervasive feeling, whether you think it's true or not, Jay, that Kyrie is creating a toxic environment. Does Kyrie still have the kind of grip he seemed to have in the past over KD? I think they, they both have it. But just let me say something, though, because... I'm from Jersey. I'm a Nets fan. I have courtside seats at all Brooklyn Nets games, just to disclose it to people out there. The Nets are the black eye of the NBA, man. They are probably the most unlikable team, maybe in all sports. You can maybe say in the history of the NBA. I mean, you can even compare the bad boys, but everything with the bad boys, that was on the court. This team has so much stuff happening off the court that deters away from their greatness on the court. So you have Kyrie, everything that's been happening with Kyrie. You have Kevin Durant with the ultimatum. And now you're going to go after Emi Udoka, who will probably get the job, who, let's be honest, is the better coach than Steve Nash. Obviously. Right? Is more competent, helps you with your odds to win a world championship, can force KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons to be accountable. But just think about this for one second, guys. The Boston Celtics did not seek any trade compensation for a coach who just got to the NBA Finals last year, a coach who turned around their franchise after a meeting with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum in January last year and turned their season around, didn't seek any trade compensation. What does that say about how willing Boston was to let go of them? I mean, Boston got a first-round pick for Doc Rivers in 2013. It makes sense to accumulate some kind of asset in return. They said, no, have them. So now this is your team. You're adding a different dimension of a problem optically to a team that already has a dimension of problems it's embarrassing frankly well in sports usually if you win it becomes less embarrassing and if you lose it becomes more embarrassing so now we see what the product is on the court we want to hear from you what was the biggest move of the deadline of the trade deadline in the nfl and did you like the moves that your team made or didn't make at yesterday's 4 p.m NFL trade deadline, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776, Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Willemax live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app.
Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. And we are right there. You're not tethered. You're not tied to the radio in your shower, to your car radio. You have us wherever you are live on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And you can join the conversation at 888 888- Say ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-729-3776. And here's what we're talking about. The NFL trade deadline came and went yesterday, 4 p.m. Did you like the moves your team made or didn't make at the deadline? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And you can be a part of Keyshawn J. Willemax Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one's fans deserve. The one fans deserve. Key, I want to hear your list. Top five biggest trades with the most impact before the trade deadline. Hit it, Yates. Number five. Number five is Jonathan Hankins coming over from the Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas gets an interior lineman that can plug that hole in the middle. They struggled at times this year, giving up gashing runs to defend to offensive players and running backs. So when you look at this, it certainly is impactful on this defense. They got a nice secondary. They got a nice front seven. Now you add a plugger in there. You certainly can stop the bleeding. Number four. Number four is Roquan Smith coming over from Chicago to Baltimore. What is it that we've always known about the Baltimore Ravens? Defense, the linebacker position, whether it was a Ray Lewis, whether it was a Suggs, those guys were there. They won championships. Now you get a guy who's a tackling machine in Roquan Smith coming over 
from the Chicago Bears. The Bears didn't need him. They're not going anywhere right now. He has an opportunity to get on a playoff-type winning Super Bowl team. They're sitting at four. Number three. Number three, Bradley Chubb, which was a surprise move to me in terms of him going to Miami within the conference. I thought for sure he could have gone to the Rams to give them something that they've gotten before with Von Miller and that relationship from the Denver Broncos. But the Miami Dolphins stepped up to the plate, got a premier pass rusher, and you put him on that defense in this conference with those quarterbacks in that division with Josh Allen and those young quarterbacks, they've got a keeper in Bradley Chubb. Number two. Number two, Robert Quinn, another guy on the defensive side of the ball. The Philadelphia Eagles, they grab him. They bring him in from Chicago to go along with a stout defense in a division with the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, teams that are fighting to win the division. You just added something that is amazing. He led he led the league at 18 and a half sacks a year, or better yet, broke Chicago's record of 18 and a half sacks a year ago. Sack total down this year, but change of scenery could change all that. Number one. Now, number one, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey comes over from the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's just basically selling everything. We're selling everything that they could possibly sell. The San Francisco 49ers get their hands on a major weapon. We saw it against the Los Angeles Rams. He came out and made a major impact for Shanahan and company. When he's healthy, he is by far one of the top two running backs in the National Football League. They got a steal with Christian McCaffrey. 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. You call us and tell us what move you like that your team made or didn't make at the trade deadline yesterday. Key, you end with Christian McCaffrey in the number one spot. That's the biggest trade with the most impact this season. What it leads me to think, of course, is, look, he joins the team. Jimmy Garoppolo's back under center. They look like a powerhouse again. They got by Aaron Rodgers to get to the NFC Championship game last year. And, Key, you know what I'm not trying to hear? I'm not trying to hear this year if that happens again, if the Rodgers somehow makes it to the playoffs and the Niners beat him. Well, don't talk about Jimmy G, Max. He has more around him. Hey, Green Bay, why don't you put more around Aaron Rodgers? They didn't make a move, Key. They didn't make a move, Green Bay. Well, when you look at these moves that was made, Jay, there's five impactful moves. There was other moves that was made, but impactful mm-hmm. for me. There's one offensive player on here, Kristen McCaffrey. Everybody else is paid to do what? Go get Aaron Rodgers. Go get the quarterback. Stop the quarterback. Kristen McCaffrey's the only offensive weapon. So when you talk about offensive weapons and he needed something, what is it that he needed? Who's out there that would have made a major difference on their offensive side of the ball. Everyone keeps screaming, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Who are they going to go get? They just drafted two young receivers that that one, obviously, if he could ever stay healthy and, Chris, and Christian Watson, Watkins, Watson, that he could potentially be something. Romeo Dobbs is having his hit and misses, more hits than misses, but he's continuing to develop. I don't know that there's a veteran receiver. Maybe Brandon Cooks, if they could have stole him for a – three or four or something like that. But then you got roster issues. You you now add him to a mix in a room. Most most receiver rooms in the National Football League carry four wide receivers, possibly five. That fourth and that fifth guy have to be special team additions as well. They can't just be wide receivers. So it's a it's a it's not as 
cut and dry as many people may think when you're looking at how to build a roster. I, I didn't expect the Packers to make any moves at the trade deadline, Key. I mean, that that's a rarity for them anyway. Like They don't really do that. It's pretty obvious that they're going to want to work with the internal pieces that they currently have. Right? Absolutely. Like, that, that's how they're going to build. And, you know, as much as we sit up here and we talk about all the things that Aaron Rodgers says on the Pat McAfee show and the passive aggressiveness and all that stuff, he's not in control of the franchise. He's not. Like, as much as he talks about all our receivers are he's running. He's no Kevin Durant. He's not in control of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Like, management is in control of the franchise, and they want to do it a certain way. Is it going to be painful with the learning curves that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to take? Yes. Are we going to keep talking about it? Yeah, but that's the way they're going to build their franchise. All right. We're going to get to your calls in a second, but I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and I, for one, am happy that Pat McAfee finally landed that interview. (laughs) This is what he had to say about the trade deadline, Aaron Rodgers. I was kind of hoping there might be, uh, you know, some news during this show that we could break uh, in live time. That would be pretty cool. Uh, I have had conversations with Brian. you know, the, the past few weeks, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but uh, but I know that we've, uh, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that maybe we were in on the on the clay pool, and then we'll see what happens. He wants help. He wants help. He's 38 years old. The team they drafted two talented receivers, but they haven't really gotten it done yet. Dobbs drops four balls in a game. You know, they, look. He wanted help. They did not get it to him. So I ask everyone again. So, but can I just reply to you for a second, Max? Please. He says Claypool, right? Mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. You know, Claypool's had three touchdowns in two years, man. Yeah, but he's at least an, a, I, a I, real NFL I, receiver. Yeah, I see Max, five I mean, nine. Uh, I see five nine people beat him on jump balls. Jay, Jay yeah. Did you play football? Huh? Did you play football? No, but I watched a lot of it. No, I'm just saying. I'm serious. Did you play at all? Like Pop Warner for a minute. Oh, you 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 do know a lot of football based on what you just said. It, it means you. you so you're you confirming, and I'm right on Claypool, uh, right? A hundred percent. That's why I'm asking you because you know a lot right now. Because because clearly, some people don't know. They keep screaming Claypool, Claypool. I'm like, that ain't nothing but a guy, man. Hmm. Why would I give up a second round pick for a guy? Well, I wouldn't give up a second for Claypool either. So but, well, the so Bears did. Why would? Yeah. So the <laughs> Bears saying, did know. it as a piece for the future. That's okay. The Bears did it for a piece for the future. And that's okay if he's your third guy in a rotation. But when you're talking about a championship-type run on a team, that's not the answer. Think about it this this way. The Pittsburgh Steelers just drafted this dude a couple years ago. They decided, Hmm. sure. Take him. Take him. (laughs) Give me a two. You can have him. That's all I'm saying. Um. Aaron Rodgers, look, the the Green Bay Packers, there's an expression I use from time to time, too clever by half. It means you – it's sort of like you outsmarted yourself. The Green Bay Packers are so interested in keeping it going and getting the next guy and making sure there's continuity, right, that they draft Rodgers' replacement in Jordan Love several years ago with their first-round pick, middle of the first round. They draft his replacement instead of putting him over the top. The fact is, in the NFL, if you stink for two years, it doesn't matter. Like, those two years, you're bad, and then you'll be loaded because you're going to draft up high, right? So here they are, probably, I don't know, it's not Claypool, it's someone else, not making a move at the deadline to get Aaron Rodgers help because they want to hold on to their draft picks. Oh, too too rich for our blood, right? Okay, great, you don't have help. Let's see if you make the playoffs, and if you do, what you do. Because you don't have that many years of Aaron Rodgers left, most likely. But the thing is, though, Max, 
if you told me that they were going to give up a two for a healthy Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. I'm jumping on the table, and I'm saying give up two twos. Mm-hmm. But you're saying who's available. I don't know. The GM got to kick the tie. You know, got got to, like, uh, as, nothing, what does Mike T say? Scour. The GM's got to scour. Why would, I, why would I call a team to acquire about a player that I know they're not giving up? All right. Who do you – what are you – like, tell me the move that your team did or didn't make at the trade deadline that you are – happy about or have feelings about Eric in Chicago. You're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax. Shaw City. Morning. Uncle Key, Uncle Jay. What up, baby? Uncle Max. Hey, up? man, I record y'all every morning, man. But anyway, I ain't going to keep talking about that. <clears throat> I, I want to say, man, I was not a, a Bears fan with the old regime in place. But uh, since Foles has came in, like, the things that he's doing with that team, he's bringing us hope out here, you know. He had us like the bears you see in the zoo. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Now, Foles is turning us into the bears that's like out in the wild. He's scared of us. Watch. We're going to be a force in the next year or two. Mark my words, man. We're happy with what he's doing, and I wish him more success. And I say, hey, man, just, just stay tuned. There's more to come. Definitely. You were saying that yesterday, Jay. Ryan Poles, just even the way he handled the situation with Roquan Smith, the, it was very upfront. It was. It seemed like forthright and honest. We're going to try and get it done. Couldn't get it done, so you move on. As Key said, you don't need him right now, and so you get something for him, and you, well, and you turn the page. Plus, it was Key. You know, like Ryan Pace just paid everybody, man. He's like, it was like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You, <laughs> you get, get a, a car. I'm like, stop getting everybody Lamborghinis, man. You know, and, and for me, actually seeing Ryan Poles draw a line in the sand and say, okay, Roquan, you don't want to be here. Great, you said your piece. I'm going to go talk to the media now so they can understand my vision. Robert Quinn, okay, I got it. Let's go to the Eagles. We'll set up something. We'll get trade compensation. They have over $100 million in cap space. They're in prime position. But as Key said yesterday, Key, I give you credit for it. Now that you got the money, don't go trick off the money. Like, now you have to go get the right pieces. Jay? Roquan Smith was the right piece, okay? But if you don't – your philosophy – is such that you don't value at that number that piece, then it's okay to move on from that piece because if if he's looking for the top paid linebacker history of the game, whatever that is, and you don't see it that way, that's okay because you don't value that yeah. at all. Baltimore, Baltimore, that's part of their identity. Baltimore yeah. values it, and they say, okay, the interesting thing that I want to see, though, in the Roquan Smith trade, because typically when you when you get traded somewhere and you are a high guy and, and uh, your deal is done before the trade goes through, he doesn't have an agent representing him. So now does he fall into the same situation from an economic standpoint that he was in Chicago where a deal doesn't get done and we're having these issues come this offseason about whether or not he becomes a franchise tag guy or not. Jay Vaughn in Georgia. What Jay you Vaughn. got? Keyshawn, Jay Willemax. Hey, how you doing? Can you guys hear me? What's we up, got Jay? you. What's up? What's up, Jay Vaughn? Okay, cool. Hey, uh, I'm a Colts fan, and I just cannot understand why we traded Naeem Hines for a, a bag of chips. I just – I get our season is not going the way it should. He's one of our most dynamic athletes. He – just it's a special player and he doesn't get that 
main coverage because, you know, we have Jonathan Taylor, but Naheem's a guy, and I think him going to Buffalo is going to be huge, but just for as a Colts fan, I'm devastated. Yeah, I, you know, this, 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 this new thing that goes, that's going on in the league, trading guys within the conference, that's so weird to me now. You move Hines over to Buffalo, and you're going to have to see Buffalo over the next couple of years if you do anything in the playoffs because they're going to be in the playoffs. Now you trade one of your more valuable assets to catch the ball out of the backfield with the best of them in terms of running backs. But it was somewhat of a luxury because you you have Jonathan Taylor, and now you have two guys that you're probably going to have to look at from an economic standpoint, much like Cleveland with Kareem Hunt in, in, in Chubb, where now Hunt is done and he, he'll probably be able to walk out of the building uh, because you, you didn't sign him, you know what I'm saying, Jay? So it's just interesting to see. Everybody's trading people within the conference nowadays. What was Heinz traded for? Do we, do we Bag have of that? chips, he just told you. I, it, yeah, he was a six-round pick. It's just, I mean, Keith, we, we've been talking about this with the Colts for a while, right? It just, they're just going to go in rebuild mode. That's why I don't I don't know, like, how long Frank is going to be around, Key. Like, well, you it's keep, not even really, it's not Frank's call. It's Chris I, I know it's not Frank's manager. call, but, like, that to me Jim lets Mercer. me know that they're going to take a different approach to, to where they're going, right? It, it feels like, and we've been talking about that for a while, it's just like Sam Ellinger now, like the experiment with Carson Wentz didn't work out. It didn't work out with Matt Ryan. Now you have a youthful quarterback. Maybe you look for a different quarterback in the draft if you're not committed to him long term. It just feels like they're moving in that rebuild direction full time. Well, you know, when you move on from Naeem Hines and you move into Zach Moss, Zach Moss was often injured in Buffalo. Yep. Six-round conditional pick he gets moved for with, with, with Zach Moss. What they're essentially saying is Zach Moss is, isn't going to – you know, if he works out, he works out. If not, yep. we know that we had a decision to make. We got two running backs that we're going to have to make financial decisions on, so we might as well move one of them. That way we don't we get something back in return and we don't have to worry about it. That that fifth round, I mean, that sixth-round pick conditionally probably moves up to, I don't know, what does it move up to, a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick? And they know that Buffalo is going to go deep into the playoffs so that pick is going to have value. Yeah. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. We are asking you, did you like the moves your team made or didn't make at the NFL trade deadline 4 p.m. yesterday? Kai in Florida, what you got? Hey, what's going on, Max? How you doing? How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I love the move that uh, Chris Gray and Stephen Ross did yesterday. And this go way past what happened just yesterday. This says a lot about the coaching and the culture. This shows how when you believe in a player, when you put pieces around a player, like when Brian Flores is going now, when Flores is going, and you're all in, you believe. You put Tyreek Hill there. You make sure you draft Jalen Waddle. And now when we get a pass rusher like Bradley Chubb, he, he could do the same thing potentially that Von Miller's doing for the Bills. Yeah, what Von Miller did last year for the Rams. I, I, so I just I, think it's a, it's a great move. I think you're right, and what you see the Dolphins doing is when they open up the checkbook, they're paying not only for guys who are premier players, but guys who are just entering their primes. You're not paying for the back nine. You're paying for the, you know, for the whole prime in, yeah. in, in, in Tyreek and then yep. Bradley Chubb. Those are big additions who are in their mid-20s. And, yeah, it's and that first-round pick isn't going to be high. 
is going to be pretty low because Miami is probably going to make the playoffs and they're probably going to make a nice little cute run. And when you think about that, that first-round pick is going to be down there somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's like a high a second, 20. low first type pick, yeah, actually. They're yeah, they're not getting a top ten pick for a guy. They use some of that San Francisco 49er trade conversation you know, to get Waddle, to get Hill, now to get Chubb. It's They They've turned it into something genius. A great job. I, I, I think of Bradley Chubb on that team, and I think, oh, that looks elite on paper. Javier and Phoenix, you're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax. Javier. Radio. Javier. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Hey, Key. I want to know why Cowboys um, didn't go after Brandon Cooks, man. I know, you know, he, he's a high number on the books and stuff like that, but, you know, who who do they have after CD? You know, like if CD goes down, who do they have? You know, I'll well, leave it at they, that. You guys are the best. I listen to you guys every morning, man. Thank you. Stay blessed. Well, look, they, they kicked the tires and sniffed around on Jared Judy for a quick second, and then they went into – Maybe a sniff around Brandon Cooks, but when you when your salary cap number is that high, they might as well have kept Amari Cooper if that was the case, right? You can't, you can't do that, especially when you start to look at the receiver room and Micah Gallup, and then you got Noah Brown, C.D. Lamb, those guys all from an economic standpoint. Gallup got paid, but then you got to address Noah Brown at some point if he turns into something. C.D. Lamb, you got to address him. And Brandon Cooks, it's a luxury. And it's more about the economic numbers than it is about the actual draft pick compensation. Antoine in Michigan, what do you got for us, my man? Guys, hey, I love you guys, man. Um, Me too. Appreciate it, brother. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why the Lions traded T.J. Hawkinson to the Minnesota right in the division, and then the other one is which which puzzled me is like the Rams didn't go get a running back. Why didn't they go get Kareem Hunt? I was shocked they stayed with Cam Akers, man, considering some of the issues they've had with him. Yeah, I I think the in terms of the Rams, they don't have they not gonna they don't have many more draft picks. Yeah. So who knows what the compensation for Kareem Hunt? The, the Browns wanted a fourth round pick, but then you got to pay him too. So now you got to trade him, and you got to give him new money. So I think that they're looking at that based on some of the other players that they have that they probably got to resign. It don't want to pay all that money to a guy that probably has a couple more years left on the clock. And Gee, that's what happens as, when Les Nee says blank them picks. You know what I mean? You say blank them picks, it comes up. Well, they got up. a championship. Yeah, they got a chip. I'm with, I'm with you. Joanne in Philadelphia. You're on with Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Hi, I love you guys. I watch you every morning. I just called Thanks, to say, Thanks, you know, Philadelphia is making all the right moves. It's a beautiful time to be in Philly with the with the Phillies, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Union, and the Flyers, we making all the right moves. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Philly well, fans, Union's working. Sixers, we still TBD. If, if they change the cheese steaks to something different, then it's all the right moves. Don't do it. Just don't touch the cheese steaks. No, I'm just. He already messed with Yates, man. I knew Yates was gonna say something. If they had a kale cheese steak, you would grab that joint. Yates, I was in and out of Philly every weekend for so many years, and I was so happy to be in town just to grab a cheese steak. Oh, Yates, what you say? They got kale cheese steaks up in California. We had kale steaks. He would have go grab one. Yo, that joint good, bro. They got the tofu and kale steaks. Give me those avocado cheese steaks, please. Can I get a vegan ice cream? No, we have meatless. Cheese meatless steak. cheese steaks. Meatless cheese steaks. No meat, no cheese, no steak. It's cheese on bread. Sandwich. 
plant-based. Speaking of that, I got to a whole conversation about dinner last night. I'll have to tell you during the break. Uh (laughs) Is this an extra content Uh or is this off-air? No, let's make extra content on-air content. Uh Uh Hey, here's a real question. Can you win with Kyrie Irving? LeBron did it once upon a time. Can, Can KD do it now? How successful can the Nets be with Kyrie as one of the team leaders? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, that's coming up right here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. Good morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.